at SifPop. We're your movie friends. But are friends really friends? If you don't know them. So grab a popcorn. And head over to our row. So we can chat movies. Like friends do. There's always room. For more movie friends. So sit back. Relax. And enjoy the show. Welcome. 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 To the writer's room. Hello and welcome to Sif Pop Writer's Room. I'm your host, Aaron, but not that Aaron, of course. And this week, I'm joined by Sif Pop Writer Joe. Hey, everybody. Joe joining us uh, again, since he's on every month, uh, second week of every month, we talk about comic book movies. And so we're here to do that today. Uh, we are at SifPop.com, so we do movie reviews, best ever challenges, and lots of other interesting movie-related articles. So make sure to check out the website, SifPop.com, to keep up with all, with, with all of that. Uh, lots of good stuff going on uh, on the website, BECs every week. It's a good time. But on the podcast, on today's show, we're going to talk about a couple coming attractions, some movies that are coming out this week. Uh, we'll give our thoughts on them, see how excited we are about them. And then on to our SIF topic, where we'll be talking about two. Um, we went with animated films. Uh, so we got Justice League Flashpoint Paradox and Justice League Doom. Um, those are, we'll discuss those in full, full spoilers, all that, by the way. You know, I try to make sure to mention that, but I usually don't. So just, I don't know, I guess warning. Um, not that it really matters. Um, and then, uh, when we're done talking about that, uh, I came up with a B plot question I thought would be fun. I, I thought if you have never gotten into an animated, uh, comic book film and you're interested, what might be, and then I have five particular categories of ones that you should check out. Uh, and so we'll talk about that too. And then we'll wrap up with the spinoff, but first we got to get a chance to, to catch up with Joe. Uh, Joe, I gotta know. So whenever we do this podcast, uh, and we get to the, the spinoff, you're frequently like, yeah, I've got a couple animes I've been watching. And when we get to the end, the end of the year stuff, it just seems like like new releases aren't necessarily your thing, and like that's totally cool. But I just like I, I kind of want to know what are you excited about like for the rest of this year? Yeah, um, I used to watch movies all of, like before the pandemic. I used to went went to the theaters at least two or three times a week. So uh, it's a little harder now uh, yep. to kind of get out there, especially with having a kid as well. Like you don't get out the house that much, right? Uh, so you have to watch a lot of stuff on VOD. Um, but yeah, as far as stuff I'm excited about for the rest of the year. Um, of course, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. Mm -hmm. I'm excited to see how that turns out. Um, the trailer looks great, but I mean, we'll see. Yeah. Um, Black Adam. Uh, I just really like the character. You're still excited about that? I am. Um, I'm okay. optimistic, but uh, I mean, yeah. I, like I said, I overall really like the character. I kind of like what The Rock is doing with it. So, um, I mean, we'll see. Okay. Yep. I heard the, I heard the test screens were kind of mixed, so I don't really know. It's just, it's just one of those <laughs> that like I love in theory, but I don't know. It's... I'm just not excited for it anymore, <laughs> especially with all the Warner Brothers Discovery stuff that's been. Ha it's just crazy. Right. It's a lot of craziness going on. Um, yeah. yeah. Weird. The uh, the Al Yankovic story. That looks awesome. Mm -hmm. um, I think probably one of the most anticipated ones for me, though, is probably Glass Onion. Uh, a Knives Out Mystery. That looks amazing. If oh, it's yeah. anything like the first one, it's going to be terrific. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So that's what I'm looking forward to for the rest of the year. Nice. Um, I'm looking at the the rest of the calendar for the year, and I think there's a couple that are really catching my eye. Um, the ones the ones that are catching my eye the most are uh, like Halloween Kills. Like, I'm not a big fan of the franchise, but like, I'm excited, you know. <laughs> um, and even though, or sorry, Halloween ends. Sorry, uh, wrong one. And even though Kills kind of sucked, like it, it is what it is. So I'm excited to see. And um, I'm excited to go to a theater and see it like that. I'll talk about a horror movie that I saw in theaters this last week that I loved. Um, so I'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, 
spoiler for this for the spinoff um i think honestly the maybe the one that i'm most excited about is the banshees of istertion oh sorry in Ister, in Ister, uh that's a really hard word to say and i'm sure i'm still saying it wrong it's the new um <laughs> Uh, it's the new Martin McDonough movie he did in Bruges and three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri and um, seven psychopaths. And those three are 10 out of 10 movies. So, you know, naturally yeah. going to be excited about that one. And then um, hearing a lot of stuff about the whale with uh, Brendan Fraser. So that one is certainly on my radar. Um, I think those would be kind of like my topics. I mean, of course, Black Panther, too. I'm excited to see kind of what that does and, or where they go with that. And <laughs> weird it looks great and weird. Um, but yeah, just, those are kind of the ones that are catching my eye for now. I mean, and, and of course, Glass Onion is 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 way, 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 way up there. So by far the most anticipated for me for the rest of the year. Oh, and um, gosh, and Babylon, Damien Chazelle's new movie. But I'll stop naming movies now. But just those are a couple that are kind of on my like, man, I can't wait for these to come out. So yeah, it's exciting. Um, yeah, especially uh, Babylon. Um, I like both the Damien Chazelle's movies. Um, I just recently saw Whiplash for the first time. Mm. Uh, I thought it was amazing. It's incredible. The, the movie's so tense for what it is. Like, didn't expect it to be like that. That much like anxiety-inducing like type of stuff going on. Um, it's yeah, it's it legitimately my fourth favorite movie of all time, <clears throat> and then La La Land is fifth. So um, yeah, so yeah, it's really great. I would be more Man? excited for Hall. Um, I have not. We actually own it. I haven't seen it yet. So Got I need it. to. Well, you said his two that. films. I assume you mean the musicals, but yeah, he did. He's done. He did First Man after La La Land, which is really good. And then, uh, and he did uh, an indie project before Whiplash called uh, Guy and Madeline on a Park Bench, which is okay. But um, you were saying about Halloween? Yeah, I would be more excited about it. I just heard such terrible things about Halloween Kills that I haven't even seen it. It's um, not that bad. And, like, uh, it is what it is. And uh, Halloween 20, 2018 was like one of my favorite movies of that year. Like I felt like they really nailed the tone of Halloween and like kind of brought it back uh, from the dead, so to speak. Um, yeah, it's probably one of my favorite horror sequels I've ever seen. Yeah, I mean um, that's not a high bar, but yeah, yeah, it's not a high bar because because you got to not count all the sci-fi horror movies, so you can't count Aliens, you can't count like <laughs> all the Halloween twenty eighteen is. I mean, <laughs> I think in, in a lot of people's minds is the second best Halloween movie, and. I mean, I, yeah. it's my goal to watch all the Halloween movies before this one, just because I've, I've only seen the original 2018 and then Kills. So I want to watch them all before the new one comes out. So we'll yeah. see. Most of them are various uh, degrees of bad, but uh, yeah. I mean, two is fine. It's not great, but uh, it's it's fine. But, that's like, that's how Kills them, is, you know. It's, yeah. it's, it's fine. So anyway, um, there you go. I just figured, yeah, I just figured it, it just seems like, yeah, I, I know pandemic and, and, and fatherhood have changed some things for you, but I just I'm curious, like, what are those things that really exciting you? So there you go. Some things that we're both looking forward to for the rest of the year. Of course, we'll talk about all the big movies that are coming out. There's plenty of intrigue. There's plenty of interest and lots of stuff that is coming out. Excuse me. But um, that's just a couple of things that are off the top of our heads. The most we're excited about. And Joe, I have one more question for you. Something completely non-pop culture related that I want to get a chance to ask you real quick. Um, listeners at home can't tell, uh, but Joe's ripped. So uh, li- <laughs> listeners that follow him on Instagram can. And I came across this question in this random generator that I thought was interesting because I think we've talked about like workout before. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to know what is some sort of physical exercise that you actually enjoy? So not something that's like, you know, I do leg day because I need to do leg day or whatever, or I do this because I, you know, because it works on these. Like what, what is your like favorite, like physical exercise? Uh, I think lately, I mean, I hate to keep bringing up the pandemic. It's kind of a downer, but the, the, the thing that really got me 
um, kind of leaner was I really enjoyed running because I didn't really get a, a good chance to get outside the house and like see other sure. people. So that was my way to kind of do that. And I just started enjoying running, um, which sounds really insane because he really asked me that like five years ago and said, I hate cardio and it's, it's terrible, but uh, probably that. And as far as like lifting weights, uh, I mean, pull-ups, uh, you know, bench press, the, the typical upper body stuff. I don't think anybody enjoys leg day. If they say they do, I think they're just, fine, <laughs> that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's one of those you're, you're, you're talking about enjoying running and I, so I have a, I mean, relatively new job. I started in, I think May, uh, but it's uh, I'm a, I'm a server again. Uh, so I work in a restaurant industry again. So I'm on my feet all the time. And uh, I, I've been having some heel issues for the last like couple weeks. And I, I was going to go to a doctor, but I called my mom, who's a nurse to see. And we we're I'm working on fixing it and I'm, it's getting better. But essentially like my, my understanding of what is going on is I think I have a small stress fracture in my heel. Um oh, like a, like a pretty, like a very minor one, but like essentially I had some Dr. Scholl's inserts that were overdue for replacing. So I, um, essentially because I started this job as a 285 pound, six foot three individual, um, you know, and then all of a sudden went from no physical exercise to 10,000 to 20,000 steps a day, wow. um, you know, on shifts, <laughs> essentially what's happening is I'm, I'm too fat to be walking this much and it's putting all this strain on my heel. <laughs> so anyway, that's just fun. I have fun fact, I guess insight into the life of Aaron. That's, that's what it's like to be me at the moment. You're too fat to walk. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, I think the, I, it, this is kind of a cheat, but I, I really enjoy, I look, I hate landscaping, but I really enjoy like some of the more physical things to do around the house. Like, like I think um, right at the start of COVID, COVID stuff, like I, I did some stuff around the house. Um, there was a tree stump in my backyard that I removed. Like I, I just took an axe and started hacking and whacking and then picking up the chips and, and making sure I could get as much as much out as I could. So like, I really enjoyed that. Like, yes, it's physical exercise and it's not your traditional one and it's not really consistent, but I enjoyed that. Like things where you get to see results, like where you get to, you know, um, cut down tree branches and this and this and that I, I hate pulling weeds i hate anything having to do with flowers i hate landscaping but i i really enjoyed pulling out the stump and i don't mind mowing it just i live in iowa so it's like frequently during mowing season it's frequently 90 degrees and incredibly humid so yeah <laughs> i don't like mowing in iowa but i legitimately don't mind it throw on some podcasts and and take care of it it's 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 fine um so that's some of the things I like. It's not not traditional, but it's what I enjoy. When I go when I went to the gym, I would just do cardio and watch something on my phone. So because I don't I don't really enjoy physical exercise. So <laughs> not you know, which if you could see me, you could tell. <laughs> uh, but there we go. There's a little bit to to get to know about Joe uh, and some things. But I think it's been long enough to not talk about movies. You ready to dive into this? Yeah, sure thing. So we got uh five movies we're going to talk about we're going to keep it pretty brief because it is five movies uh which one do you want to start with well um yeah i have them in order um so we can start with the woman king okay the woman king a uh, new film coming out i believe this is theater exclusive um i'm probably going to get some of these wrong at some point today uh, a historical epic inspired by the true events that happened in the kingdom of dahomey uh one of the most powerful states of africa in the 18th and 19th centuries uh, this is uh, starring 
Viola Davis and Lashana Lynch and uh, John Boyega and um, Sheila Atim, who we mentioned on the podcast recently. Um, she was in Multiverse of Madness, and I think she was in a movie that came out last week too. Anyway, um, this uh, yeah, it's it's it looks to be a new like yeah, it's it's about the Woman King. You can you can put the rest together. Uh, so Joe, we're gonna again just for all the movies today, we're gonna assume that they're exclusively theaters, and we're going to say that budget, you know, COVID availability schedules, l- literally nothing would be holding you back from seeing this movie except for your own free will, your own desire to see this movie. So how soon do you think you would catch The Woman King? Do you think you would go check it out in theaters? Do you think you would just wait till you can rent it at home? Do you think you would wait till it's on a streaming service you already paid for? Or are you just not interested? Uh, I would say like theaters. Um, I had it initially as a rant, but like the more I kind of thought about it and I looked at the trailer again, um, more of like a theater is kind of like matinee. Um, the cast looks great. It looks fantastic as far mm-hmm. as the cast is concerned. Um, costuming looks amazing i don't know how accurate it is it, it, there's always various amounts of accuracy when you're doing these type of epics um, sometimes you want to do stuff more for film and, and that's fine to take liberties um the director uh, gina prince uh is it bythewood or bythewood um she directed uh, a movie i two. actually really liked um love and basketball so uh, i know she's a competent director and i know she could do good stuff so mm-hmm. um, and i like historic, historical epics like i said they don't as long as some liberties are taken as long as they're not shooting laser beams and like you know, the 1940s, I think I'm okay. Um, as far as them taking liberties, but I don't know. I think it has some promise, but yeah. Cool. Kind of how I feel about. Uh, I think I'm right where you are like a relatively unenthusiastic theaters, but like, I think this looks really cool. Um, it looks, um, it looks like it has a lot of promise to it. It looks like it's going to be one of those films that, uh, that you kind of warrants the theater experience. If you're going to see it at all, uh, looking through the filmography of the director, um, I didn't see Love and Basketball because um, I don't really care about basketball that much. But I know I, I do think Love and Basketball is a pretty revered movie. Um, and uh, like, I don't think you're alone in loving it. But she did direct The Old Guard, uh, which is a movie I quite enjoyed that came out in 2020. Um, and... So I and I thought the action was very competently competently done in that. So if there's one thing I'm really looking for out of, for out of the director for this movie, it's competent action. So if we could get more old guard, obviously different context is going to be a different style of fighting. Like the person that did old guard does this, that means we're going to be in for an okay time. So uh, yeah, that's my thoughts. I it, it's this should be really exciting. I'm I would I, I would very much like to see this. We'll see if I actually get around to. It. Uh, it's not the film I'm most excited to see this week. Um, but a, a relatively unenthusiastic. Yeah. If I can, if I can squeeze it into my schedule at some point while it's in theaters. Sure. Yeah. It looks like she also directed the, uh, secret life of bees. I heard good things about this film. I just, I've never seen it. Yeah. Same. Yeah. Well, uh, let's move on. I'm going to pick the next movie. Uh, cause I really want to talk about blonde. Um, so it looks like blonde is coming out September 28th on Netflix, but I believe this week is the week that it'll be released in theaters. Uh, at least again, it might just be New York and LA. Netflix does that. It may be at just whatever indie film theaters you have near you, but at least according to, according to the poster, it's September 28th on Netflix, but I think it should be theaters this week. I don't know. Maybe we're just doing this a couple weeks early on accident. Um, but Wikipedia as recently as two days ago said, um, said it was coming out this week's. So, uh, I'm going to take that for what it is. We're going to talk about Blonde now. This is the new Marilyn Monroe. It's not really a biopic because this is based off of a book that's, from my understanding, a 
like a different like a take on Marilyn. Like it's it's not a it's not it's not written by Marilyn Monroe. It's not her bio, her, not her autobiography, but it's based off of a book that talked about some of the exploits that happened in her life. And the synopsis here says a fictionalized chronicle of the inner life of Marilyn Monroe. So that that should say. So we're not. Point is to say this isn't necessarily historically accurate. Um, but uh, starring Ana de Armas, that's been a big point of contention um, for some people saying, "Oh, she's Cuban and she's not speaking like an American." And why would you? And, all that dumb stuff that people say on Twitter. Shut up. <laughs> um, also starting Adrian Brody uh, in this. Uh, Bobby Canavale is in this. Canavale. I don't know. I, I, Canavale just sounded really like uh, bourgeois for me to say, <laughs> especially because it's like it's this guy. He's in like Ant-Man, you know. Uh, I think it's Cannibal. Yeah, probably. That sounds right. Sarah Paxton, Scott McNary, uh, and then Garrett Dillahunt. He's, um, he's like one of he's he's got a small role in Looper. I really like Looper. Um, he comes to the house looking for Joseph Gordon-Levitt, and there's this really awesome fight sequence that happens. Anyway, um, written and directed by Andrew Dominique. Um, yeah, uh, he did Killing Them Softly and the Assassination of Jesse James by the Coward Robert the, Robert Ford. So that's kind. Oh, he did a couple episodes of Mindhunter. So like a little bit, a little bit going on there. Some stuff that he's been done. This this movie's just getting a lot of buzz because it's NC seventeen. And people are like, oh, do we really need an NC-17 Marilyn Monroe movie? And anyway, there's a lot of discourse going on on social media about this movie. So I, I want to know, despite all that, whoa, despite all that, Joe, what do you think about Blonde? Uh, same, same scale, same qualifications, all that. Um, for me, I had it as a rent. Um, it looks it looks pretty entertaining. Um, I, I really like Ana Darmus. I think she's fantastic. I think the first thing I ever saw her in, I think we've talked about it a few times, played her in 2049. I thought she was mm-hmm. amazing. Mm-hmm. Joy, um, Andrew Dominique. I've seen uh, the assassination of Jesse James. And I think he's good at exploring these kind of like larger than life characters and kind of grounding them. Sure, like take pulling back some of that mystique. Um, so that that might work here pretty well. Um, sure, I didn't even read the fact that it was a fictionalized chronicle. Um, so, so that's interesting. Um, that might well, you don't exist in the Twitterverse, so it's mm. it's been it's trending on Twitter every two or three days. <laughs> so, um, yeah, yeah, I, I like the cinematography. I like the shifts between black and white. And, and, uh, and color, I like what they do there. Uh, yeah, it looks like it's completely shot from what I've seen in the trailer. No, I mean it sure. looks it looks good. I'll watch it as soon as it hits streaming. Sure. Uh, this is uh, I'm gonna go ahead and just be kind of right where I am with the Woman King, just kind of on the on the not super enthusiastic side of theaters. I I'm really excited to see this one. Uh, Anna de Armas being a big pull for me. I I just I adore her. Um, yeah, I I think. I think all the I try to avoid or I try to like not actually listen to all the like behind the scenes drama stuff like like there's there's all this hubbub going on with Don't Worry Darling right now and uh and I I had no idea what was going on I just started, I just started seeing Chris Pine memes on Twitter about Chris Pine just looking super disinterested in whatever was going on <laughs> and eventually had to have my wife explain to me what was happening cuz I'm like I don't know so and then she did but um like I, I try not to like let any of that stuff affect me. I'm 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 really interested in this story. I think this. I mentioned um, a couple of weeks ago we did a podcast and I said the uh, like what's the movie you're most interested in for the rest of you? Not necessarily most excited about. And I said Blonde. I'm really interested in how this movie is going to shake out. Uh, but I don't know. Part of me thinks that uh, you know h- how much 
is Netflix just tried to like stick to their guns about the NC-17 because they can out of spite at this point. Like, and are people blowing this out of proportion and lots of different things? And from, from my understanding, and I guess also, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and say this because um, it's going to spoil the movie, I think. Um, but my understanding is this movie has an NC-17 rating because there is the, the, the thing says a depiction of sexuality or something like that. But it's like, it is supposed to be a pretty violent um, sexual assault scene is it like, is the reason why it gets an NC 17 and which is um, also happens in the book that this movie is based off of. Again, not it's a fictionalized at least to some degree. So um, yeah. So I guess trigger warning, like that's why I wanted to go ahead and say that. So like, I don't know. I'm really interested to see why, if you're going to make a movie about Marilyn Monroe in 2022, you have to have a pretty darn good reason. So, I'm interested to know what that reason is. It's yeah, my big thing. Um, okay, we got three more movies left to talk about. Which one are you wanting to talk about next? Um, we could talk about uh, Goodnight Mommy. Okay, let's do that then. We'll talk about Goodnight Mommy. This is a uh, remake of a foreign film, actually. It uh, looks like this is uh, Amazon Studio, so I don't know if this is coming to Prime or Prime Man Theater. It says Prime Video, so uh, September 16th. Coming out in just a few days, uh, twin brothers arrive at their mother's house and begin to suspect that something isn't right. This is uh, a remake of a 2014 Austrian film. I'm curious, Joe, did you see the original? I did. I actually saw it when it first initially came out. I think it was on Prime Day. I watched it on as well. Um, I watched it too when it came out. I wasn't expecting that. And I'm sure most listeners would not expect me to have seen it either. <laughs> right. I mean, it kind of leans more. It's not really a horror film. I wouldn't call it a horror film. I call it more of kind of a psychological. It, yeah. It's more of a thriller. It's, yeah. It's kind of a thriller, um, but it, is, it definitely is really dark. Um, but um, yeah, I, I don't, I'm interested in it. Um, so for me, I gave it, I gave it a rental. Like I've already seen the original. I don't see any point of, I'm not a person that's like, um, that avoids watching movies with subtitles or other languages. So for uh-huh. me, it's like, what are they going to do differently, or what are, what's going to pull me in to make me want to watch it? Like, um, but I also think it's kind of interesting that it's Naomi Watts in it, and she um, she also was in you know The Ring, which is also uh, you know based mm-hmm. on Ringu, which is a Japanese film. So uh, yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'm interested. I like the cast. Uh, the The kid is from the uh, the boys. He plays Homelander's son. Yep. Uh, so no, I mean, it looks interesting, but. Like I said, uh, I, I don't know if it warrants watching again, so to speak. Yeah. Um, I remember seeing this movie when it came out because at the time I was dating a girl that was very interested in horror movies. And uh, I mean, in- interested in seeing them once and never again. Um, and this one was getting a lot of buzz. So I was like, sure, let's watch that. And I I remember enjoying it a good amount, but like I haven't seen it since. That was 2014, almost 10 years ago. So um I, I'm going to go ahead and land just with you and rent it. Probably uh, the Naomi Watts aspect um, really makes it work. And at least is a big selling point for me. Um, I think Amazon has made some really good content in the past. Um, I mean, I haven't seen rings of power yet, so, but I'm hearing really good things about it. Uh, obviously this is a different animal, but like Amazon studios also did like the big sick, which is one of the best like rom-coms of recent memory. Uh, and, and Amazon studios also has sound of metal, which is one of the best films in recent memory. Um, so like Amazon's nothing to scoff at, you know, being the Ricardos also, um, a movie I quite enjoyed. 
and so Amazon is nothing to scoff at. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm, my thing is kind of with you though. Like if I'm going to watch this, I think I'd probably just rather watch the original again. And then if I really enjoy it and this one's getting some good buzz, I would probably give this one a check. Um, that's, that's probably the way I would go. Cause I remember enjoying the original. So yeah, I did too. Uh, I, and, I also, I also remember that she was also in uh, the funny games remake as well. That's kind of funny that she's in a lot of these remakes. <laughs> it's yeah i mean if she wants to do them and she'll sell the tickets you know so um well you go there's a good night mommy uh coming to amazon prime here soon uh okay i'm gonna ask you if you've seen another movie uh joe have you seen x from earlier this year uh i did um nice did you like it i really enjoyed it Um, me too (laughs) it was was really up my alley um yeah if you're a horror fan and you don't like the movie it's 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 a little weird to me that you wouldn't like the movie, but it seems like it has good buzz and like it actually got well reviewed. I think the movie's been out long enough. I could just go ahead and say why I liked the movie. Um, cause it's kind of a spoil, it kind of spoils. So X is about some people that in the seventies that go to make a porto on somebody's farm. Uh, and then they slowly get killed by the people that own the farm. Uh, the reason I really like X is because it has a lot of meaning of what beauty is. And, um, about the way that we treat others based off of their appearance. And um, I, I, it just was a lot more interesting and had something to say as opposed to most horror movies, especially ones of this. This could have just been paying an homage to, oh, yeah, we're just going to make you know a movie about a bunch of horny teens going and doing horny teen things. And this is what happened in every 80s horror movie, you know, but but I thought X had quite a bit of good substance to it as well as really good performances and really interesting like action sequences. Um, but ultimately I just, th- I thought the messaging was just on point and, and just played out really well, not, not hitting you over the head, but also like added an interesting out. I understood the motive for the villain. I didn't agree with it, but I understood it. And that's a big thing. So um, yeah. So X was a, was a big, big, big swing and a hit for me. Um, so, um, so Pearl is coming out. Pearl is a prequel to X. So X started shooting, uh, and then the production got like delayed because of COVID or like postponed or something like right at the start of shooting. So the director, Ty West, um, just wrote a prequel during the time. And then after they finished filming X, he finished Pearl. So we're getting a movie and it's prequel in the same year. Um, so this is the story of how Pearl came to be. Ty West, uh, of course did X. He also did VHS. Uh, that one was pretty popular. I saw that one too. I didn't like it, but, um, that's, it's been since 2012 since I saw it. Um, I think that is his like biggest, biggest known stuff. Did an episode of scream the TV series, but, um, but yeah, X and uh pearl now coming out so so given what you said about x and given what you've known about pearl joe what do you think you get to check out pearl uh yeah for me it's it's a it's theaters um i thought x was terrific for all the things that you said um like i said it had like a very like clear thematic yeah. um element going on with the, how beauty is and how beauty is temporary and like i think would also work for that is that the fact that um uh, that goth played dual roles so that also mm-hmm. really helped um and the fact that it. she's the star of Pearl is really helping and, this movie's case. Yes. Um, yeah, I think she's a great actor. Even even if I don't like the films that she's in sometimes, like, I really like her in them. Um, yeah. So, yeah, uh, overall, it looks great. I like what they're doing with the cinematography. Um, a lot of people pointed out kind of like the obvious things, like the obvious like stuff between like Judy Garland, like the way it's shot sometimes, and it's very colorful. 
mm-hmm. and it gets kind of back to reality and it's very drab more like the way x is shot more like uh kind of voyeuristic uh texas chainsaw massacre looking um but yeah it, it, it looks fantastic um yeah and the reviews so far have been pretty good um yeah but yeah yeah i can't wait to see it yeah i mean i don't typically again care too much about i, I typically try to leave that out of the equation um because you, you never know like when i was looking on the woman's king woman king page like it's it's not the highest but i gotta think there's people out there that are just mad that there's a bunch of women starring in a movie um you know and yeah so it's gonna get it's gonna get race bombed it's gonna get sex bombed all that you know it's just i feel like it's not an accurate score so until until actual until it's open to the public i don't i don't i don't keep any of this in in high regard so um but yeah i i mean i saw the trailer for the first time uh when i went to the movies last night and i just fell in love um it just it i can't wait um it makes me want to watch x again because it's been a while since it's been since theaters since i seen it but i'm 100 in theaters for this movie absolutely um okay and then we have one more movie coming out this week a new searchlight film see how they run uh starring um saoirse ronan sam rockwell adrian brody oh two films for him this week good job buddy uh ruth wilson who was in uh luther the bbc show great uh david oh oh wow um i should have tried to read that first uh david uh oyelowo sure uh mangle tangle and scramble that word uh his name not that word his name um yeah, uh, see how they run. I'm trying, man. Uh, <laughs> at least I'm trying. Uh, in the West End of 1950s London's planned for a, plans for a movie version of a smash hit play come to an abrupt halt after a pivotal mur- murder. Pivotal member of the crew is murdered. Uh, see how they run coming out again. I believe uh, just theaters. Actually, the poster says only in theaters. Only in theaters. September 16th. Joe, uh, how excited are you to see this movie? Uh, I think it looks really awesome. Um, so for me, it's the theaters. Um, I, I like these kind of like murder mystery or mystery films that have like a lot of comedy involved with them, especially when it's like really smart. Um, I guess mm-hmm. like the thing you could relate it to is kind of like Knives Out where there's there's that element of comedy and the kind of dark humor to it. Um, so it's, it kind of gives me that kind of feeling of, to it. Um, I like the cast. I really like Sam Rock, Rockwell. Um, mm-hmm. Ronan is great and like everything I've ever seen her in. Mm-hmm. She really knocks out of the park. And I, I like her character. Her character seems very eager to do her job. Maybe a little too eager to like yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to solve the case, like thinking everybody's a suspect. Uh, so I kind of like that element too. Uh, she has to kind of get reeled in by Sam Rockwell's character. Um, yeah. yeah, it is nice to see any, uh, Adrian Brody in more work. Um, I haven't seen him. I know his work has been kind of sparse uh, for for some time. So it's good to see him in more movies. I mean, he's so talented. Yeah, um, I mean, I know there's been some like scrutiny of his character. At- some point um i again i don't really try i don't really keep up with too much of this kind of stuff so but yeah he's he's a good again, art from artist he's a good performer he's an oscar winner right for the pianist yeah yeah i was like he at least should have won the oscar for that movie but um yeah he's he's a he's a good performer and i'm happy to see him more um i, I told you earlier that that wasn't the movie that the woman king wasn't the movie i'm most excited to see because hey i mean i'm way more excited to see pearl than i am the woman king uh, but this is the one, this is the one, if I ha- if I only can see one movie this weekend, this is the one. Um, this looks like a delight. I mean, Sam Rockwell is 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 pretty terrific at everything that he's in. Uh, yeah. And this is giving me, um, like, he's kind of silly and goofy and fumbly. Uh, this is not necessarily like a, like a serious Sam Rockwell role, which he's, he's great in. Uh, this reminds me of Jojo Rabbit, Sam Rockwell. Um, yeah. Like that. 
So, uh, and of course, Sir Ronan, like you already kind of mentioned, the overeager detector uh, detective. This really reminds me, like, if Ryan Johnson, like, in his Knives Out mode, and Wes Anderson combined to make a movie, because this movie really feels like Wes Anderson, or it feels a lot like Hail Caesar, that Coen Brothers movie. It, it gives me all these kind of vibes. And when you're giving me Ryan Johnson, uh, uh, um, Coen Brothers, and Wes Anderson vibe, a little bit of Edgar Wright touch to it too. Like it looks like it has a little bit of that. So like, yeah. look, you put all those filmmakers together and like, if, if you're giving me those vibes, um, that's, that's some pretty good vibes to get. So um, yeah, I over, I, this looks like a delight. If I could only see one movie this weekend, this is the one. So, um, yeah. Um, any thoughts? Are you ready to move on? No, I mean, I think it's like some of the best set of trailers that we've actually watched. Like all of them seem generally, uh, it's it's been a while it's a great you know what i mean not like yeah i I don't care rattle off some of the ones that we've seen but but yeah very enthusiastic uh, these releases yeah i mean most of these were theaters or rent you know so like that's it's pretty solid there was no non non interested so that's also good um yeah if if i had to rank them i would go see how they run pearl blonde good night mommy then the woman king again all of them i'm very interested in seeing so um yeah uh, well, we're going to take a p- quick pause before we move on to the stiff topic. Just get a chance to um, shout out a couple things. And Joe, I want to start with you. Where do you want to send people to now that people have gotten a chance to hear your voice, hear some of your movie thoughts? If they want to like interact with you a little bit more, where do you want to send them to? Yeah, uh, you feel free to message me on um, Instagram from uh, the Star Spangled Avenger um, with the underscore under each one of those words. Uh, yeah, talk about movies, anime, comic books, manga, uh, just a variety of things. Um, I'm on there really frequently. That's kind of like my place to touch base with mm-hmm. Uh Well, and, um, I want to just get a chance to shout out Patreon, patreon.com slash WR. Plenty of good perks on there and uh, plenty of good stuff to check out. If you're interested, if you're having a good time with the show, consider checking it out. Uh, and then I want to just say one more quick thing before we move on. It's kind of an announcement for this podcast. It's kind of a something else. I uh, just want to say, in case you haven't heard or seen Discourse or Inferred together, uh, I'm taking over a new podcast as well. I, I want to assure you that nothing is changing with the Sip Hop Writers Room. I'm not dropping that. I'm not doing anything differently. Everything will still continue to be normal here, but I'm also taking on do- hosting duties for the Cinema Sins podcast, Behind the Sins, uh, which is really exciting. And so those episodes will actually start launching um, tomorrow. So if you're listening to this episode on launch day, there will be a behind the sins episode tomorrow. If you happen to be a Cinema Sins patron, you can get both episodes on the same day. Very exciting stuff. Um, just, uh, uh, I'm really excited to do that. I'm really excited to to get a chance to take over a new podcast and um, interact in a in a new environment in a new way. So if you are interested in checking it out, you can go ahead and do that. And if you are here because you heard me on Cinema Sins BTS or because you heard the intro or whatever. Welcome. I hope you're having a good time. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of this podcast as well. So um, just wanted to say a quick, hey, I'm doing this other thing. And if you're here from the other thing, welcome. Well, let's get into our stiff topic this week, Joe. We're talking about uh, Justice League Doom and Justice League Flashpoint Paradox. Uh, which one do you want to talk about first? Uh, yeah, let's go ahead and start with uh, Justice League Doom first. Okay. That's fine, because that's the one I literally finished watching before we got into this. Um, I want to I want to throw out this warning here uh, before particular for justice particularly for Justice League Doom. If you haven't seen this movie, I, I would really say you should check it out um, before listening to this, just because 
there's a really fun twist to everything that goes on. Um, and, and I just think this movie is a little bit more fun if you have to piece it together yourself as opposed to if you already know what is going on. So easy to watch. It's on HBO Max. Um, but I mean, spoiler alert, I love this movie. I think this is one of the best animated films that have come out of DC's canon. So I'm definitely saying check this out. And I'm saying if you really want the best experience, it's 77 minutes. Go pop that on and then come back here. Um, but Justice League Doom, Joe, um, what, what's, how, what's your history with this movie? Have you seen it before about, you know, how many times would you say you've seen it? And then do you like it, love it, hate it, just like it, or think it's just okay? Um, I'm trying to think how many times I've actually seen it. I've seen it quite a few times. I've seen it around the same time I saw, um, another movie that we're going to talk about later. I don't want to spoil it. Um, but, um, yeah, I think it's fantastic. Um, initially I had it like, a like it slash love it. Um, but kind of the more I think about it and the more I think about the actual premise, um, I'm going to go to love it. Um, yeah, I think the premise is excellent. It's straight from the comic books. It totally makes sense. Um, it's something in the wheelhouse of Bruce. He's very untrusting of everybody, even his friends. And in this case, his friends are the most powerful people, uh, in the world. So it makes sense that he would come up with contingencies (laughs) to, to take them down. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's a fantastic film. I think it's really well paced. Um, the voice cast is excellent. It's everybody. You, it's all the, the best people you could think of as far as being part of the Justice League or in this film. But they're not necessarily recognizable. Oh, you mean the characters? Uh, I thought you were talking about the voice cast because I'm like, uh, aside from Kevin Conroy uh, from uh, pretty much all the Batman projects since the animated series, uh, and then Nathan Fillion as Green Lantern. Like, I mean, Michael Rosenbaum as Flash, but like that's not a super big name. Uh, a lo- I mean, a lot of these are like popular voice actors but not necessarily like household names so yeah it's more or less what i'm pointing uh, to like if you if you're already a fan of like watching the justice league or you grew up watching superman or grew up watching batman the animated series you're like oh i recognize all these people like i just know them all yeah but like you said you pointed out well, some of the bigger names like nathan fillion is green lantern which is he's perfect he's perfect he's so good yeah i don't know why he's not still playing green lantern um but but it, it's uh but it's one of those that like i think after this movie um, like a lot of these started getting like legitimate, I'm uh, well, not legitimate, but like li- well, action, gosh, like actors that frequently do live action, right. Um, started doing, uh, started doing this. So like, I'm looking at, I don't know, let's take, uh, Batman hush, for example. Um, cause that was a relatively big popular one. Um, I mean, Peyton list, Jennifer Morrison, Jerry O'Connell started playing Superman. Rain Wilson is Lex Luthor. Yeah. Like, started becoming really popular for um for some of these uh, rebecca romaine started playing lois lane and consistently throughout the comics so um yeah definitely lots of lots of big name people um coming in for these but uh anyway but, uh justice league doom by the way um a little bit of the like just quick summary of the plot in case you haven't seen the movie and you decided and eh, that's fine i don't think i'll get around to it anyway um the story is that the justice league members start getting attacked uh because um, a mysterious man um, decides to hire a bunch of these Justice League members, um, like arch enemies. Uh, they uh, he he he, hire, he hires them to, um, to 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 defeat the Justice League in certain ways, and then you later find out that it's because it, of Batman had these contingency plans in case he ever needed to stop the Flash or Superman or Wonder Woman, and so. Um, a, a mysterious figure, um, a, a uh, oh shoot, uh, Vandal Savage, that's his name. I was like, I was trying to come up with it. I'm like, I know it. What is it? Vandal Savage 
Um, I mean, who is a pretty mysterious person says, Hey, here, do this, kill the justice league of America. And then I'll give you tons of money. So, um, yeah. Uh, and then that's what happens. Uh, I mean, they don't die, but they become, they come close to death and then they kick the Legion of Doom's butt. So, um, <laughs> Anyway, uh, I love this movie. This is probably my fourth time seeing it. I think I saw it for the first time like four years ago, um, maybe five or six years ago. I, this was one of them that like I, I had heard this one was good. I knew nothing about the plot um, and I came across it at a used video store, the Blu-ray for a couple bucks. And I was like, you know what? This is one that I hear is supposed to be good because this was still an era like this would have been when I bought the Blu-ray at least versus when I watched it. When I bought the Blu-ray, like stuff wasn't consistently good yet. Um, I argue stuff still isn't consistently good, but like these straight to video animated feature films were like not necessarily like a, a pretty sure bet. So, um, yeah, I but I remember this one had a good amount of cloud to it. So I was like, all right, well, I'll check it out. And I just I really loved it. So um, I think it's my second, maybe th let's go third favorite uh, animated um, like animated superhero film that's like straight to video what do you want to start joe i mean a lot about what you're saying um i think the 2010s is when i mean animated films for dc have always been their strong point but i think they really hit their stride in the 2010s um sure because like we were talking like we talked uh previous on the previous episode of batman under the hood i think it really that was a really strong start because that was exactly at 2010 and then just mm -hmm. every single one um, coming after that pretty much was a hit or was like um super solid I mean, there was a few hiccups here and there but like um, yeah, but definitely more often than not, they're really they're either good or really good. Um, they're they're at least okay, right? <clears throat> yeah, they they don't necessarily. There are ones that are incredible, and there are ones that are fine. But you pretty rarely find like bad ones, you know. Um, yeah, I think I just the biggest thing about this movie is I just love the premise. I love it makes total sense that Batman would have a contingency plan. And I love the last scene of this movie where they're just like, it, it's been implied like, hey, Bruce, that isn't cool. Uh, and he's just like, if I had to do it again, I'd make the same choice. Like, yeah. <laughs> if you can't, he's like, but with the justice, we fight for good. He's like, yes, but if you can't understand that you are still a threat because, and he brings up a really valid point, like mind control exists in this world. Like, what if somebody mind controls Superman and makes him do a bunch of evil stuff? Like, you have to have a contingency plan to stop that. But even as outside of mind control, like we know, like we see good people are corrupted all the time. And Batman has seen it the most with the people that the Joker has corrupted around him. And even with his own struggles of of trying to maintain the balance of still being a good guy. So like it makes total sense for him to think this way. And he's so unapologetic about it. And it winds up like kind of shooting himself in the butt a little bit, but uh, shoot himself in the foot. That's the expression. Wow. Uh, he kind of shoots himself in the foot a little bit, but like he's unapologetic about it. He's like, no, I made the right call. I would absolutely do it again. And you're like, as you should like, you know, and, he, and he's like, if you guys don't see that, then I don't even need you to kick me out of the justice league. I'll just quit. And yeah, like, it's, it's like, I don't need to be here then. If you guys, if you can't align with that, then I don't need to like, <laughs> yeah. And it's also one of those things that too, like, I think people naturally think that Batman is just always kind of part and buddy, buddy with the justice league because of the like 90s comic run or the 90s animated series run and that's not the case batman has a, in the comics has a very love-hate relationship with members of the justice league and the justice league itself precisely because that's the way he thinks and man it's one of those things that even makes makes batman versus superman a bigger disappointment for me because like it's right there for him to just be like this it's it is 
Bruce Wayne's um, like character to be cynical because here's Superman. And what if one thing goes wrong? What if he has one of those killing joke moments? Yeah. We're all screwed. But <laughs> unfortunately, that was just executed poorly. I talked about that a while ago, so don't don't need to rehash that. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it's 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 just so true to the to the relationship that Batman has to to Justice League and to Superman and um, you know to each of the individual. This is also like to me, this is the best lineup of the Justice League. Um, like I, I know there are sometimes you swap people out, but like I think this Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, Green Lantern, Martian Manhunter, Cyborg. Um, and flash combo is 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 the perfect combo like sure it might be helpful to have aquaman on the team but like this is this is my ideal if i'm assembling the justice league it might be helpful to have aquaman just in case you have to have some water stuff but if if like we have martian manhunter we don't always have martian manhunter right and we have right. green lantern and he's a great character so uh that's a strong and, lineup. And again we don't always have him so super this is to me this is pinnacle lineup so um, I kind of like the fact too that because like Cyborg has not always been a member of the Justice League, he's been kind of like a long-standing member of the of the Titans. Um, mm-hmm. But it's kind of cool because like this is kind of like the reason why he should be here. It's kind of like uh, an accidental initiation of him getting in because he was kind of an outside source that wasn't getting because um, Batman didn't have a dossier on him to take him out, and there was he was kind of an outside source. So it's kind of cool how it works out. He ends up helping out a lot uh, during this. And proving that he should be a member of the Justice League. So there's also like that factor that's really great about the movie. Um, just, just from the get go, like when they're fighting against like the Royal Flush Gang, it shows you how well oiled their teamwork is. It shows you how pivotal Batman is into coming up with strategies for them as well, like helping them out on the field. So I think that's a good setup for like what the rest of the film is going to entail. Like it's kind of foreshadowing. Like he's like, yeah, I can make you guys the greatest team ever, or I can dissemble you. Like I can, <laughs> I can do either or. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm the quarterback of this team. Uh, so yeah, I yeah. think it's really cool. Um, while we're talking about uh, just people that are in the movie, uh, it, this is adapted from Justice League of America Tower of Babel comic run. Um, uh, so apparently, uh, Rashad Ghul, uh, sorry, Rashad Ghul was the uh, freaking Batman begins <laughs> toying with my mind. <laughs> Rashad Ghul, the uh, the villain, not Vandal Savage, um, and then a uh, Plastic Man and Aquaman are replaced by Cyborg in the film. Uh, in the film version, so that's differences of the lineup uh, in um, the the comic versus the uh, the animated film. But one of the things I really wanted to touch upon is I really appreciate the the cast. Uh, specifically, we I already showed my love for the heroes, but specifically for the villains because we don't get like the prototypical villains of this movie, and it's so it's so nice to see other other here like it seems like we frequently see for superman lex luther and for green lantern sinestro and for batman the joker uh and for um i mean for superman also even if you want to throw in like brainiac or um uh doomsday like those are also like really popular um really just seen frequently characters and for flash it's frequently reverse flash or you get captain cold a lot um, yeah. and then, and then if, uh, the only exception I think is, I think Cheetah is a very primary Wonder Woman character, Wonder Woman, yeah. uh, villain, if not the primary, uh, I'm not super big into Wonder Woman, but yeah, I'd say either her Aries most of the time, like that's, those are like the two big ones, but Cheetah's yeah, I there. Mean, it, kind of one A and one B probably Aries right. and then, 
um, and then Cheetah. But like either either way, Cheetah is a very primary one. But like, man, the I just love that this movie like could have so easily done. All right, well, Flash and Reverse Flash and Batman and Joker and uh, and Superman and let's go ahead and do um, Lex Luthor and. Uh, or make Lex Luthor the lead, the lead of the Legion of Doom, and have yeah. Superman be uh, his his nemesis be you know Brainiac, um, and then uh, it, it just and then Green Lantern like Sinestro, it, it just like that could have been so cheap and so I don't know, like unoriginal. Well, instead we get like we get Mirror Man, <laughs> you know, yeah. like um, and and we get um, oh shoot, uh, we we get Bane, Bane's. A, secondary characters ter- maybe tertiary depending i don't know depending on which comics you're reading and which line and all that anyway like we get we get a lot of like relatively unknowns or at least in terms of uh in terms of screen time like we don't really have a lot of metallo like <laughs> and now we do yeah. you know a star sapphire is a great example like you star sapphire instead of green lantern great love it um so i just wanted to point that out too like it's not it's not the top tier versus the top tier but like it really gives a, gives a chance to shine on some characters that like have we seen Metallo in other uh, he, I Superman? Mean, he shows up in the animated series, but like he's but not. I mean, frequent. like in terms of these, yeah. I mean, in terms of these, like these movies that have come out, like I, I really doubt we Mirror Master, not Mirror Man, by the way. My bad. Um, <laughs> have have we seen Mirror Master since, or even maybe before, like? I really doubt it. I mean, uh, the Flash TV show, I'm sure had him. I stopped watching after season one. Yeah, he's. I mean, he's not. Uh, he's not super common. He's more of a. Like, if you're a comic book fan, I mean, you know who Mirror Master is. But he's he, to me, he's still kind of a deep cut character compared to like King Cold or like or I mean, right. Captain Cold or like or Captain Boomerang. Like everyone knows Captain Boomerang now. Like to me, that would have been a really obvious choice. Would be like Captain Boomerang. Well, and even then, like you, you kind of mentioned um, like. They're they're kind of tertiary characters, but it's like these like um, mirror mirror master is a character I've heard of and had known about, but I've never actually seen. So it's like it's cool to actually see him, you know? Yeah. And uh, and, and Martian Manhunter is is frequently left out of source materials because a lot of people don't know how to handle him or they're afraid to handle him. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, like the fact that the movie still does this is great. Um, and it's kind of a risk because it's this this premise really relies on you having to know these characters, like their, their strengths, their weaknesses, their personalities. It really relies on you knowing them. And, and Martian Manhunter is one of the least like, um, well-known members of the justice league. Cause again, he's frequently like, it's frequently cyborg instead of, um, instead of Martian Manhunter. And then if you have cyborg and green lantern, like you've got your cosmic and your like technology. So a lot of people are like, well, we don't need Martian man. So like, it's like, it would have been so easy to write him out and put an Aquaman instead or something mm-hmm. like that. But like they didn't and great because he's one of the best parts of this movie, but one of the best parts of this movie simply because I get to see him. Yeah. <laughs> it's just in the film. Um, yeah. Yeah. And like to go back, like a really obvious choice for green lantern would have been Sinistro. And they're like, like, no, yep. let's go with star Sapphire. Cause that's, that's a, that's a very personal connection to him like they were you know they were in a relationship with one another so that would drive the drama a little bit more and plus he said like it's just good to throw somebody who's a little more obscure and not be on the nose about each one of their villains uh mm-hmm. yeah like overall like yeah i really enjoy this movie i think vandal savage is a good choice is a great choice yep. for kind of like the uh, the connective tissue kind of bonding these people together i mean he's like leagues above everybody else as far as intelligence goes and physicality because uh he's immortal <laughs> so uh, it makes sense. He lived several lifetimes. Um, 
so yeah, he's a super interesting character in himself. Um, I love the way they do kind of the, the montage sequence of them all getting taken down. Like they're all their sequence of them getting taken down is probably one of the best parts of the film. We get to see awesome. the plan enacted. Um, the most messed up one, of course, is Bruce. I'm not going to spoil that, but it's uh, it's pretty terrible. Um, what Bane puts him through. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I love this. And to talk more about the end of the film, uh, it's kind of a spoiler, but uh, the fact that Superman trusts Bruce enough to give him the kryptonite bullet, um, which is just something that, that happens in the comic book, uh, It's a but it's a kryptonite ring. He gives him a kryptonite ring. He's like, hey, if I ever get out of line or something ever happens, I get mind controlled. I want you to have this. So I trust you to take me down. Like we're, we're, we're good friends. So um, if something were to happen to me um, and I get mind controlled or, you know, I turn in any way, I want you to take me down. That's the case. Um, so that was cool. It really, that was a good connected tissue to the comic books. Yeah. It's just, it's one of those movies that like, I can't fault any, any choices they make. Um, and I think they make all the right choices. I, it, it's a really quick watch because it's only 77 minutes and uh, you don't even find out like, what's actually happening like that Batman orchestrated all the plans until like 50 minutes into the movie. And then it's like, okay, well now that we figured out the problem, now we got to resolve it. And then it's like, it's, it's a really quick watch. And a lot of the movie is this creative problem solving. It's not, it's not a lot of filler and a lot of talk. Like there's, there's this, I would argue that this film has the most action, at least in terms of like percentage of runtime than any of the other DC ones that I've seen. Like it's, pretty much a non-stop thrill ride and it's great um yeah it's it's a lot of show don't tell which is great it really really works out like i said all the the solutions to the problems are very creative and like they make sense it never has a chance to get boring yeah um i'm always invested entirely so um love it this is yeah like i said maybe my third favorite uh, animated film in dc and marvel catalog so um second or third one of the two um okay uh any other thoughts justice league doom i think i've said my piece oh i mean i uh, like i said um uh, can't shower shower it with enough praise i think it's a really excellent story i think it's a good adaptation i think it's one of the stronger adaptations they've, they've had of, of the source material but then again i mean that's uh, i don't know what the phrase would be but like they kind of always have really good adaptations of the comic books besides a few but like most of the time, sure. the, the averages are in our favor. But yeah, I think this is one of them that just they really knock it out of the park. Sure. Uh, well, let's move on then to Justice League: The Flashpoint Paradox. Uh, I mean, I'll give the same like pretty light spoiler warning. Um, I'm not going to be as like Justice League: Doom. So much revolves around really, really needing to understand that Batman, or really the the mystery that that of why they're all actually in trouble. And when you realize it's, it's Batman. Uh, th- that's a great moment by the way so i guess i did have one more thing to say it's like the moment where where alfred's like the justice league is under attack he's like by who he's like by me like it's <laughs> it's such a great moment um like but so much of that mystery like revolves around that it's really worth watching without seeing it. flashpoint paradox has some fun surprises in it but ultimately like i'm not going to give as heavy of a warning as doom um yeah uh this this is a this is also an interesting one because this kicked off like a, an actual stretch of chron- of chronological same timeline um dc animated films because they had just been kind of doing oh let's make under the red hood and let's make um justice league doom and let's make crisis on two earths and all that and like now all of a sudden they're like all right well let's make justice league war which is like the definitive star and it's like you know we're rebooting and then we're going to continue and build off of you know so batman hush is takes place right after reign of the supermen and all that so it's uh, and then all of that comes to a culmination in justice league dark apocalypse war so 
in case you were curious, but this is kind of the the the, the kickstart of a big moment in DC animated franchise. Uh, so, um, yeah, we got uh, so essentially the the plot here is that Flash um, kind of time jumps to a different universe where there's a different where his mother is still alive, and then we kind of see the ramifications of the way that that world is, um, and with Flash trying to he's trying to fix the world um not but not returning to the own anyway um we'll talk about it more because a lot of this it's such a really like interesting plot um so we'll talk about it a little bit more uh but uh i also just want to point, point out the voice cast here here real quick uh c, c. thomas howell as uh, professor zoom uh kevin conroy as batman of course michael b jordan as cyborg d bradley baker as etrigan uh etrigan's one of uh one of the best names to say in this movie <laughs> Um, uh, Carrie always is Aquaman. Uh, Dana Delaney is Lois Lane. Nathan Fillion, of course, back as Green Lantern. Big fan of that. Um, as, as already mentioned, uh, Danny Houston, General Sam Lane. Um, let's see. Ron Perlman is Deathstroke. That's a really great pick. Uh, lots of, lots of fun things going on, uh, in uh, lots of fun people in this movie. Lots of fun characters, plenty of other characters I haven't mentioned. Um, that's kind of the the highlights. So, uh, Justice League: The Flashpoint Paradox. Uh, do you like it? Love it? Hate it? Dislike it? Or think it's just okay? Um, yeah, I absolutely love this movie. Um, I actually, it, it it pains me to do it, but I put it above Doom. How much I actually really love this movie. Um, I think the story Fair. is like really well told. Um, I think it's also a movie that's like incredibly like. There's not a whole lot of downtime. Like it kind of keeps moving. Um, yeah, I guess it makes sense because he's the Flash. <laughs> so. <laughs> But um, yeah, but yeah, it's really well done. Uh, it's a really great adaptation of the of the comic book of the same name. Um, there's a, key, a couple key differences, but none of them are like worth even mentioning. It's not super jarring. Um, sure. To, to talk about the voice talent, yeah, I love the fact that Ron Perlman's in it. He's not in it very long, but he is in it. Um, so is yep. so Steve Blum, who plays uh, Luther. I love Steve Blum. Uh, he's a well-known mm-hmm. voice actor for like anime, uh, most commonly known for Cowboy Bebop. Um, but yeah, everything about uh, to talk about the intro, like. These DC movies are great at intros. Like, get the Justice League working together. There's been a break-in at the Flash Museum. And you get to see uh, Zoom enact this plan to put bombs um, mm-hmm. uh, throughout various members of the uh, of the Rogues, as well as Flash. And each one of the Justice League come in to, to save the day. But they all do it their own special way. And yeah. the one that's, like, the funniest to me is Superman. He just cups the bomb in his hands. And it, like, has, like, a little what? poof in his hand. I should. I showed my wife uh, both of these movies her first time. This is my third or fourth time for each of these movies. And yeah, it's just funny watching, you know, Batman's like really struggling to like dice, you know, to like, uh, to, yeah. to, to take care of it. And, um, cyborgs like just trying to like laser, you know, disarm it. Green Lantern's like, we're going to go into space. And I'm going to put it in a bubble. Like I'm gonna put you in a bubble, like whatever, like, and Superman's just like, all right, here we go. And <laughs> just claims it with his hands. Yeah. And then just like a little, a little tiny poof comes out. It's, it's it's one of the, one of the best Superman moments in uh, in these movies. Um, but the uh, I I'm gonna go with I like this movie. Probably like high side of like it. I really like this movie. Um, the only thing is I'm just gonna push back a little bit. I mean, we did kind of mention you did kind of mention. And I do agree this mo- this movie does have a lot going on and a lot of action in it. Again, this is one of the more action centric films. Uh, it's not it's not. Is not as much as Doom, um, especially in terms of percentage, but like it does have a lot of action in it. There's just a, there's just enough time 
between where we find out why this world is the way that it is, why Aquaman and Wonder Woman are going scorched earth trying to kill each other, but between when we find out why that's happening and then the final battle, which is that three-way war between Aquaman and his army, Wonder Woman and his army, and then this this year, this year, world's Justice League. There's just enough time that I get bored there. Um, it's not much, but it, it, it's just enough that I feel like the movie could have been just a little shorter. And it's enough that like I, like, I always pull out my phone and just disengage for about 10 minutes. And t- disengaging for 10 minutes isn't really a problem. But when your whole movie is 70, that's like a tenth of the runtime. So <laughs> um, that's that's my only pushback um, is I think it's I think it's maybe just could could be a little bit paced better there. Um, but that's it. Um, my favorite thing about this movie is the the reveal of like the way that that little choices have had way big effects on on different characters and i think look it doesn't make a lot of sense because in, in ways we're still dealing with time travel but the way that reverse flash explains the time boom kind of spreading in both directions as opposed to only affecting the future it's kind of nonsense but like whatever this is a superhero movie about right. flash running so fast he goes back in time like <laughs> come on like um but like it's it, it it's handled in really interesting ways i love these what if premises um and uh Man, the ever since this comic came out and there was the, that idea of what if Bruce Wayne got shot and then so Thomas Wayne becomes a more aggro Batman and his mom goes insane and becomes the Joker is just like the most brilliant thing like I've ever heard of alt history <laughs> for comics. Like it's it's just genius. Yeah, all, all like the ripple effect stuff is like super interesting. Like we have Cyborg is pretty much the Superman character in this world where he's working for the president. Um, so he's kind of like yep. this, kind of like is in that position where like uh, there's a contentious relationship between him and Thomas Wayne, kind of same like between Bruce and um, um, Clark. So I thought it was really cool. Yep. Um, yeah, the, the more hardened version of Batman uh, is kind of like an homage to when Batman first came out and toted guns. So it was kind of cool. Um, yeah, and the voice actor, um, yeah, Kevin McKidd, he's he's fantastic as Thomas Wayne. Like, yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. his yep. uh, his like kind of like dark and like dry humor and like nihilistic view on the world is like, it's perfect. Like it just, yeah. It's- Look, I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna really wish <laughs> it differently, but we, cause we talked about the dark Knight returns part one and two. If anybody were to voice Bruce, Bruce Wayne in that comic besides Kevin Conroy. Yeah. I think McKid would be great. It'd be Kevin McKid. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That'd be so good. Um, but yeah, I know you're talking about all the, like, this is my second favorite, like, where you have like alt swapping, like Wonder Woman is a bad guy in this story, and Aquaman is also a bad guy in the story, but they're not together. Um, like this is one of my favorite. I I prefer the Injustice video game version. Um, like I think that's a a really 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 interesting world and really plays to a lot of the strengths of what if this was different and what if you know like Lex Luthor is a good guy. He's also kind of a bad guy. He plays both sides and like all the like. I think Injustice, the video game, is one of my favorite stories of all time. Maybe my favorite comic run. Um, maybe. Um, but this is this is so close. But it's like, because you're seeing, what if Wonder Woman was bad? What if Aquaman was bad? And Wonder Woman has just taken over London. Like, she's just like, this is mine now. Yeah. <laughs> and, Aqu- and, and Aquaman, and they're like, you know, there's always going to be this fight coming. And they eventually have it. And it's like, 
it's it's sick <laughs> it's awesome uh but then you have characters uh like uh like because it's kind of those are the two and then everybody else is against them so like we see uh, Lex Luthor is helping our our good guys and we see um uh like Slade Wilson is is helping our our good guys is helping um our our Flash and and Batman and all that um and also like yo-yo as this versions of of harley quinn like i want to see more yo-yo like that was a really awesome fight sequence yeah um, so uh but yeah all these all these like different you know you see people that are traditionally one way are the other way and you see like they're still the same character they just again kind of it's why the killing joke is the best comic there's ever been is you just see one moment go wrong to where Aquaman and Wonder Woman are now bad. It's this is another problem with my sto- with with this story that I have. I don't really understand why. So the whole thing based off is based off of Aquaman is married to Mira, but then for some reason he sleeps with Diana. She she seduces him, right? Right. That's that part is clear. She seduces him, but he like doesn't resist at all. He kind of gives in. And granted, we see it through Mira's eyes, so maybe we just want to go unreliable narrator on here. She's clearly blinded by her own emotions and feelings. But it just I, I don't understand why. Like we never are, are told why Diana wants to be like sleeps with Arthur or is is instigating this affair or why Arthur like goes along with it and this man for such a big moment i really need to understand why (laughs) and i just don't yeah i think i think that's probably one of the weaker aspects of the film because they don't spend a whole lot of time on it it's done through like a flashback it's it's a memory yeah it's it's literally in flash's memory where it pops up it becomes reality to him and and the memories explain what's going on, but they don't understand why everything like the the car. And I, I wonder if the if the uh, if the comic book. Have you read the comic book for this one, like the original source material? Oh, uh, I have not. I just kind of looked up exactly what um, kind of what any key differences would, differences would be. Uh, but yeah, I will. I'm just, I'm gonna take I'm a just wondering if there's if there's differences and like maybe there's a little bit more context of what's going on. And look, I for a 70 minute action animated superhero movie like i don't really need it but it is something that's going to keep me out of the loved it camp if i'm just like okay like there's there's no inciting incident that we know where all of a sudden wonder woman is attracted to aquaman there's no because like in our world wonder woman and aquaman aren't like a pair like ever so it's not even one of those like if you went to an alternate world where let's say um bruce wayne was with lois lane instead and then what and then clark seduces lois lane away from from bruce and then you can see the animosity there where you'd be like well lois is supposed to be like there's not even that like aquaman and wonder woman seems like such a weird match it it doesn't make any sense to me and and the the comic just is like well we're not going to try to explain it you just need to know that it's happening it's like fine whatever you just need to understand that i'm not invested then i I think it makes sense from the perspective that they're leaders of their of their given um no, they're given groups so that to me that made sense they're kind of more or less royalty um sure i guess there is that aspect but royalties are very different kingdoms yeah not more or less they are actually royalty and she's princess diana but um right but uh yeah i get i mean i get your point um i think the thing that really does for me it's like even though it's like there's an inciting incident for everything that's going on they're really not the focus of what's actually going on like the focus is really on barry and like what he's done yes and the fact that he's he's the accidental villain of his own story. Like he's the one who created all this chaos. Like zoom didn't tell him to do this. Like you chose to do this. You made a selfish choice and now you got to deal with the consequences. So I think that part is like, 
that really drives it home for me why I really enjoy this film. Like, man, you could just have like we we keep talking about it. You could have like one bad day or one bad thought go into your mind, you know, and you're like, man, I'm just gonna run away from my problems. And he literally runs away from his problems and brings back his mom, and it just creates this huge rippling effect that like is on the verge of destroying the world. So that just shows you how powerful right. his choice is. <laughs> and going back to like my point, like just super quick and then I'll move on is just, I'm, I'm willing to give it a little bit of slack because we're seeing this world through flashes, memories, like yeah. being like merged, even though flash isn't around for these moments. But, um, so like, I'm willing to give it a little bit of slack, but like, I feel like there's a way that you can explain why, why Diana would want to hit on Arthur. And it's fine. Uh, but yeah, getting, to, getting to your point, um, a, a lot of the reason, a lot of the things that really work with this movie, I'm sure I love seeing these alternate universe differences, things. Uh, but one of the big reasons this works is like, man, the moment that Barry sees his mom, like I, I realize I'm watching an animated film, like sees his mom alive as an adult. Like he's, it, it, it almost brings me to tears. Um, just like thinking of what that moment means to him and thinking about, uh, how I would react in that situation. I'm a mama's boy, so that's natural. But um, it, it really pulls at the emotional heartstrings. And then again, like the climax of this film is Barry has to choose to let his mom die in order to um, like restore the world and realize that as much as it sucks to say the world is better if his mom is dead. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What an awful way to put that. But like, he has to come to that realization. Like this, this isn't worth like as much as I want my mom back. This isn't worth it. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. I love the fact that like, um, I had this at the, at the head of what uh, my notes, but like the opening super impactful and you get why he'd want to bring his mother back. Like they had a fantastic relationship. Yeah. He loved his mom. Um, so when you, when he makes this choice, you're like, I totally get it. And then, like you said, when he makes, um, when he sees his, his mother in this alternate timeline and she's, you know, she's older and he's older. Yeah. It's a very touching moment. It's like really well done, especially for being a DC animated film. But I mean, I mean, that's not fair to DC animated films. I feel like they, they are good at pulling the heartstrings when they need to, or when they need, cause they have great yeah. voice talent and they, they write the sequences yep. out really well. But yeah, that moment right there is like, yeah, you could totally get it as like a person that, I mean, I hope you love your mom, but like <laughs> if you love your mom or like, you're like, wow, okay. I would, I would do the same thing if I was in Barry's shoes. at least give it a try can you help clarify something for me okay so in this movie and this is not i don't care whether or not the movie chooses to address this it's just i want to know what is actually the true story um in this movie we get the we get the the story that barry's mom is seemingly killed by a stranger like in the way that bruce's parents are killed uh like irrelatively nobody just a casual burglary during a home it's it's on her birthday and Barry's the one that finds her and we hear no mention of his dad. My understanding of the Flash's origin is from the the CW TV show where Reverse Flash is the one that actually kills him because he travels back in time because he's arch nemesis is with Flash. Um but that that his his father is accused of the crime and then Barry goes into forensics to prove that his father doesn't do it. Like that's my understanding of who the Flash is is the CW's version. Is did 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 Flashpoint Paradox just choose to spare some details because it's really unnecessary. I think they did because, like that. I mean, that's the actual story as well. Okay, because um, like there's no mention of the dad, and it it, right. it seems like a weird choice though to have Professor Zoom, but not like reveal that he's the one that actually kills 
Barry's mom. I think they, I think, like you said, there's a lot to unpack in this film. I think they, they come in with like, hey, if you're watching this film, you're probably all caught up. We don't need to tell you that the perpetrator is Zoom. Right. Like we're aware, yeah, like everybody's aware of that. So I think that is supposed to be Zoom. They're just not really, they're not really explaining it. But it just, but dad, that, that was kind of weird to like, it just looked like, you know, she was a single mom and like, yeah. It just feels weird to have <laughs> reverse flash in there and not at least mention it to somebody that maybe doesn't know anything about flash, but they saw justice league and they decided to pick this movie up because they heard good things. Like, it's just, it, it's, it's an interesting choice, but um, I don't think it makes the movie any better or worse. Um, it's right. just, I wanted to know, did, did the CW just construct that because it's, it's really freaking good or, or did flashpoint just choose to negate a lot of flashes, or a lot of details of flashes mother's murder. So that's fine. Um, I just, cause I just, I want to know which one's right too. So I don't sound like a, <laughs> dweeb or i don't want to i don't want to sound like a buffoon you know yeah i'm pretty sure in most continuities like that's the case well and that's that's also the other thing is like are these potentially just earth one earth two or yada 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 you know are these just two different versions i mean it feels like that's that's way too specific to have happened but also like different enough to be two different earths anyway but it, it's also hard to tell too, because like around this time, like you said, they had Justice League War, right? So Justice League War is Rebirth under a different name, and Rebirth was yep. supposed to kind of jumpstart a lot of these characters. So that makes that's another layer of like <laughs> confusion. Um, yeah, welcome to comic books. Like <laughs> they're always changing, retconning things, um, you know, picking things back up, reimagining. So well, such is the nature of comic books. But at least they like canonize it all starting after starting at this point. You know, right? So yeah. So. But I, I'm pretty sure you're. Um, I'm pretty sure we're, um, we're correct. Where I think in every continuity that is the case. Um, it would be a shame to change that okay. origin. I would not. Yeah, it's awesome. It's so it's good. Probably one of the best. Uh, <laughs> and it, it's one of those where it's like career matters. Like it really doesn't matter what Bruce Wayne does for a living. You know, it really doesn't. It really doesn't matter what Diana chooses to do in her human form like human disguise whatever i don't know it really doesn't matter what clark Clark kent chooses to do none of that informs their identity or who they actually are but barry choosing to be a forensic scientist for the police department so he can prove his father innocent is a huge character motivation for lifelong consequences just just a, a too big detail to just walk glance over you know anyway um i think i'm out of thoughts i just I want more yo-yo. I want, uh, I, I really want to spend more time with this Thomas Wayne, especially like speaking of incredible moments. Um, there, there's, there's a moment where, uh, where, where he's being essentially bad Batman and he, and Flash is being like, Hey, you're not supposed to do this. He's like I'm a doctor. He'll live like, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like badass moment. So, uh, I just, I, I like the story. Like I said, I think it gets a little bit slow and I can't fully buy into understanding the circumstance that causes this big split between Aquaman and Wonder Woman. So that's, that's my gripes. That's why I'm in the high side. I liked it instead of loved it. Yeah, that's fair. Um, yeah. The only con I had on my end and I don't, I don't know why they did this. I, I feel like they're well within their budget with the things they did. There's a couple like really odd CG flash shots that are like blatantly yep. obvious. It's like, why, why did you guys choose to do this? And it, there's so few frames. I can't see it saving you that much money. Um, the only thing I can think of is it seems to pretty much be in the moments where Flash is using the Speed Force. So maybe they're just trying to dis- depict the Speed Force like as this fourth dimension kind of thing. 
Like, yeah, maybe, yeah, it could be like that. That's the only thought I have, but unless you noticed moments that don't involve the speed force, but oh, they do it at the end too. And it was just like, do they? yeah, they do it at the end. I'm like, this is really weird. And then like it, most of it's intertwined with actual like 2d animation. And like, maybe you guys just wanted to try some things out. Like, I, I don't know. It was like, maybe it was just a creative choice. It wasn't like budgetary reasons, but I mean, it could also be if you're talking about if it's the last scene where right. Flash is back to his timeline and he gives the letter to Bruce, which also, again, super touching moment. Yeah, it's fantastic. Um, I mean, Flash and Batman are also wearing their new 52 suits. Yeah. Um, and so, like, again, maybe to show that this world isn't the one that Barry left. Um, you know, it's it's similar, but it's not the actual one. Like, I think maybe maybe it's just another subtle hint. I, I didn't necessarily notice, but that's not something I typically do. So. Yeah, just like anyway. like one last thing. Yeah, um, we're talking about the moment with uh, Bruce and Barry at the end. Yeah, that 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 whole scene is fantastic. Um, yeah, that's straight out of the comic book as well. Uh, I was reading up on it. Yeah, um, yeah, it's a beautifully written moment. The fact that he gave him a letter from that timeline. And I don't need to down. see what's in the letter. Yeah, you don't. We don't really. We don't really. I don't need. I don't need to see what's in the right. letter. Um, I I I know what's in the letter. You know. <laughs> right. Um, it's enough to make Batman cry. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's no small feat. So uh, for sure. Well, are you ready to move on? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I just want to make sure we set our piece about these two titles again. Both of them <laughs> streaming on HBO Max. We will be back to talk about something next month. Um, I got to talk with Joe. We don't know exactly what yet because we haven't talked about it. I'm hoping to make it something that we can also use to tie in, just because Halloween is about this time. Um, you know, now that we have the long Halloween part one and two, maybe that seems like a good, a good sign to do it, but we'll talk after we're done recording and, uh, we'll come up with something thematic that we can talk about, uh, next, next month. Uh, but in the meantime, that'll do it for, for these, uh, we got to do the B plot real quick. So, um, I thought let's do this. Um, it, it, this is our what, third, I think time talking about animated films. Cause we did under the red hood. And we did um, the the Dark Knight Returns part one and two. And then we got this. I, I feel like I feel like there are still people out there that are like, yeah, I just don't know that I care about these animated films or maybe like I've seen one or two, um, but I haven't really seen a lot or I've seen, I don't know, like the Mask of the Phantasm, but none, <laughs> none else. So I just thought if for, in terms of these like straight to video ones or at least relatively straight to video, mostly meaning not Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse and Big Hero 6, like what are some genuinely really good films, really good animated films that you would recommend and recommend to a first time person to maybe get them to be like, Oh, if you really enjoyed that, you know, then you might like the rest of what this has to offer. So um, let's go with, uh, we'll each give our thoughts for each of these categories. So I have um, uh, a Batman film, a justice league film, a DC like non Batman justice league, or a Superman film um, and like a little bit more obscure of a like character in an, in a film and then a Marvel animated film. So uh, why don't you give me your Batman one? What do you think, Joe, which one would you pick for somebody who's never seen any of these animated films to check out a Batman one? Do they also have no background of Batman period? No, no, they can, they can like have seen all the live action stuff like that too. They can be just, just if they never got into this animated side of the universe, what is one you think would be a really good introduction to it? Um, I have two, but I'm going to go with one, um, which is actually two parts. I would say Batman, the, the Dark Knight Returns. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's a good intro into the, the character it, that shaped a lot of what the character is now. Um, that was Frank Miller, Miller during the late 80s. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah, I really love both of those movies. Those are probably my number one. 
out of all of them with a close second being uh, under the hood. Sure. Um, yeah. I mean, it's also like, there's no timeline, like <laughs> continuity that you need to be aware of. Just know that it takes place in the future. Um, so yeah, there's really good stuff there. Um, we, we talked about that less than a year ago. So if you're interested in hearing more thoughts on dark Knight returns, part one and two head over there. Um, the one that I, so my personal favorite DC animated film of all time is under the red hood. And so that's the one I wrote down, but I think since we covered it on the podcast before, wait, cause we did do right. We did do that. We right. Did, yeah. Okay. I couldn't remember doing it. <laughs> it, it must've been a while, but um, I feel like I want to give something that we haven't talked about on the podcast before. And I really want to say year one would be a really good intro. But I don't yeah. know that year one is a really terrific movie. So what I actually want to do, the the answer that I'm going to definitively go ahead and say <laughs> is I think you should watch Batman the Killing Joke, but you should skip to 40 minutes into the movie. Like you should watch the actual like not made up stuff because the part of the film that legitimately like mimics the graphic novel is is brilliant because it is pretty much just straight from the page. Um, with Mark Hamill as the Joker and Kevin Conroy as Batman. It's legitimately like maybe the best story ever told in superheroes. Um, and yeah, I, I, I would say just skip. They, they, they make like a 40 minute prequel so they can make the killing joke like an actual hour and a half. If you could get just the killing joke part, just what's on the pages, that would be what I would say would win somebody over. I would just say read the comic. <laughs> I, that's a lot less complicated but yes <laughs> well, in, in that case but yeah Bat, i think batman year one you brought that up um i i really like batman year one i think i think that's also a good choice year one would be a really great intro because it's a really great intro to the character it's just it's it's on a whole different level than mask of the phantasm or uh, under the red hood or parts of the killing joke like it's it's just not quite on that tier of it's also really good. You know, it would be a really good introduction to the character, but if I, if year one was the first one I would watch, I'd be like, Oh, that was fine. I don't really know that I want more of that. You know, it's not, it's not the best. It's a great comic. It's just not the best animated feature. You know, so I tried to find a balance of both. Yeah. And I initially wrote down under the red hood. And honestly, that's probably still the best answer, but just cause I want to get out of things that we've said on the com- on the podcast, I don't want to, to do those so anyway um let's move on so uh one justice league movie uh which one are you going to tell people to check out uh yeah i had two down but i think if you want a good in, like it depends if they, if they haven't seen the justice league animated series i'd say they don't need to watch the justice league justice league movie which is actually a two-part pilot that they combine into a movie but if they oh nice. if they haven't seen that i didn't know that. i would say like watch that that's a good intro <clears throat> i also put down justice league new frontier because it kind of gives you a taste of the kind of golden age era um, it actually had its own run too, as well. It was a really cool art style. Um, so yeah, th- those are the two that I would recommend depending on what your situation is. But yeah, I think those are two strong sure. ones. Um, I went a little off the book for this one. Um, because I thought, I thought about it and I'm like, look, I, my, my actual answer is justice league doom, but I don't want to say it since it was just on the podcast. So I wanted to be right. like, all right, like I wanted, I wanted to give a different answer. And I was like, you know, crisis on tours might be okay. Um, you know, uh, Justice League War might be a pretty good since it is an intro, but I don't really like Justice League War all that much. Um, I went off the book. I said Justice League Dark. Um, it's man. Um, <laughs> it, it it's so different. That's why I picked it. Um, 
it's not your typical Justice League formation. I mean, you have Batman, but there's no Superman and there's no Aquaman and there's no Flash. You get like Constantine and Raven and like it's a very different Justice League because they're fighting very different creatures and it's a really good one. And it's just different enough than the Justice League that you've known your whole life. And because it is kind of the start of it, of this like er- like realm of of the of the animated universe, like it kind of is its own origin story in a way. Um, might be a little bit obscure for some people, but I think I think a little bit of that disconnect might be make people more interested because like oh I've never seen anything like this before. So I went off the book and with Justice League Dark took a little bit of a risk. No, I think it's a fair choice actually. Um... I actually really enjoyed it. I just thought it was funny that they're like, and Batman's in this. And it's like, he doesn't really need to be there, but it's Batman. So no, you got to shoot him in a little bit. <laughs> no, he, but he, but it makes sense for him to be there. Like, it's not like it makes no sense. Like you're like, Oh, why is this person here? Like if you're going to have a character, you know, Martian Manhunter or Batman, like, right. <laughs> um, yeah. So anyway. Um, okay. And then, so for your like other DC project, like pretty much like a Superman movie or a Wonder Woman movie or like something else under the DC banner. Cause here's the other thing too. Marvel has very little animated films and of the ones they have, very few of them are good. So like, you know, we don't have a lot of Marvel. So like another DC property that you'd be like, yeah, you should check this out. Um, yeah, I had a bunch listed, but I think the one I'm going to go with is uh, Superman and Batman apocalypse. Um, I actually really love that comic yeah, book. That good. Um, and they really hit the nail on the head as far as the art style goes. Like it's very exaggerated, mm-hmm. big, bulky muscles like the way the way it's drawn is like it's hard to explain um it's it's just amazing looking um but yeah i i, I really love that story uh, i love that comic book so yeah i think i'm gonna go ahead with that one and you get sure. two for the price of one that's a great pick yeah, yeah um man super good pick also on hbo max because i just looked it up because i was like isn't there like a really big yeah and Ar- andre brower um captain holt from um Brooklyn Nine-Nine is Dark Side, And if that doesn't get you intrigued, I don't know what will. Summer Glow <laughs> also in there. Firefly uh, Starlet. Yep. Um, all of the canceled really great TV shows of the early 2000s. Right. Summer Glow is a part of. Terminator, Sarah Connor Chronicles, all that. <laughs> um, for this one, I went... I'm not the most proud of this answer, but I think this is a really fun watch. And I think it could be fun as long as you have the right mindset going into this movie. Um, I'm almost afraid to say it out. I picked Teen Titans Go to the Movies. <laughs> I just I think it's awesome. Okay, good. <laughs> I think that movie's amazing, especially if you're a fan of the comic books. Like, there's a there's a bunch of cool jokes in there. Like, there, there's a lot of fun jokes in there. It's 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 meta in a really fun way. And I don't watch the Teen Titans show, and I I won't like I, like it's not my 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 thing and i didn't grow up with the teen titans show so i was i was even wondering there was the teen titans movie like trouble in tokyo or something like that i was wondering if that might be a good pick but i haven't seen it um and i thought about justice uh, teen titans go versus teen titans but i i I like teen titans go to the movie more than i liked uh than i liked uh teen titans go versus teen titans which i also liked but i think it could be a fun introduction to some of these characters especially to somebody like raven like Teen Titans Go is like a really easy introduction to Raven. Yeah. Uh, so honestly, honestly, if you want Raven, Teen Titans Go versus Teen Titans is the better because you get all the uh, Tarragon. Is that her dad's name? Tarragon. That's a spice. It's not Tarragon. <laughs> What's the, Trigon? Yeah, I think it's Trigon. 
I was like, it's something like that. I was like, no, Terragons. <laughs> Terragons yes, are Terragons uh, are bad. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because you get a lot of that in the Teen Titans go versus Teen Titans stuff. But anyway, Teen Titans go to the movies is is fun for what it is. Just know what you're getting into and you'll have a good time. Um, yeah, I think so, that's a good anyway. pick. Like I, I, I can never get over the scene where they're, they're trying to bring back everything the way it, it used to be. <laughs> and they uh, they yep. shove the the Waynes down crime alley that that gets a laugh out of me every single time. <laughs> it's so funny. Yeah, it's so funny. It's so good. <laughs> yeah. And, oh, and also like incredible voice cast for that one too. I got I got to find this real quick. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Teen Titans goes to the movies. Uh, as, um, you, I mean, you have your like your cast from the show, but then you have Kristen Bell, Nicolas Cage as Superman, Will yeah. Arnett as Deathstroke, um, uh, Halsey as wonder woman that's pretty great um michael bolton uh, as the tiger um uh, uh pat oswald as adam uh tom kenny spongebob voice in it um will wheaton plays flash jimmy kimmel plays batman um john dimaggio big big uh in the um specifically batman era stuff like uh, tara strong of course yeah. um, lots lots of really like fun people in this and i think there's some cameos in there too that's just not listed so um <laughs> there's a, there's okay. a stanley cameo <laughs> that's pretty there is a stanley cameo that's true um <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah yeah there is it's so good yeah, it's super fun. um yeah so anyway it's 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 a little bit of a guilty pleasure because of Teen Titans Go, but it's like if you just know what you're getting into, you'll have a good time. Okay, uh, one pick for something that's maybe a little obscure. It doesn't have to be DC. It doesn't have to be Marvel. It doesn't have to be whatever. Something that just maybe is a character that people aren't super familiar with. That you're like, if here's a character that if you want to get into, this would be a pretty good intro. Uh, I I do have one for Marvel, um, and I do have an obscure one. Uh, yeah, for Marvel. Um, Let's go with the obscure one first, and then we'll we'll do Marvel last. Yeah, the obscure one. It's it's based off a graphic novel, but it's not really or based based off a magazine, a French magazine, Heavy Metal, nineteen eighty one. Um, it's like several short stories, anthology series. Okay. Um, so I'm counting that, and if we're not counting that, then I'd say Invincible twenty twenty one. Like that shows. I count either. That yeah. shows fantastic. <laughs> if you haven't seen it yet. Yeah, I would say watch it. I mean, I feel like Invincible has been really popular. I mean, at least to the people who probably listen to this. So yeah. we'll say Heavy Metal might be yeah. it. Yeah, that's a little older. That's a good yeah. pick. Yeah, yeah. Older, older's not bad. Yeah. Um, This isn't the most obscure and definitely the character. The character isn't the most, but I feel like the movie is pretty. But I really liked the movie. And I had a hard time finding this one because as we were talking about, I was like, I feel like Green Lantern Emerald Knights would be perfect for this. I just haven't seen it, but I got a feeling that that one's really good. And you confirmed <laughs> that it is really good. Um, and that's been like the only like full Green Lantern film, um, at least Green Lantern centric and um, animated film. Uh, although we can just not acknowledge Ryan Reynolds one on this podcast. That's fine. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, the one that I picked is and it's kind of tying again to Justice League Dark. I went with Constantine City of Demons. Um, again, Constantine had his own Keanu Reeves blockbuster in 2003 that kind of flopped. Uh, and I feel like it's a cult classic at this point. Like, I feel like people really like that movie. And there was a show on the C NBC um, that ran, ran a season, which was criminally underseen, by the way. Like, that show was great. And Matt Ryan appeared on Legends of Tomorrow as Constantine for quite some time. I just, I love this character. Um, I, Hell, Hellraiser is, not Hellraiser. Wow. Um, what is what is the comic that? Uh, Hellblazer? Hellblazer. 
Oh, Blazer. Yes, that's what it is. <laughs> like, it's not Hellraiser. Definitely not. Hellblazer. If I were to get into a comic of like a character that I hadn't before, like Hellblazer might be the one. Like I would be really interested in, you know, in, in diving into more Constantine stuff. Because um, I, I love this character. I think that Matt Ryan is is just perfect for him in the role in live action and in animated. He's he's doing the voice in this as well. And um, City of Demons is essentially a collection of a couple of episodes that were released on CW Seed, which is a free app. So you don't even need the movie to watch it. Just get the CW Seed app and you should be able to watch all three of them in their parts. Um, it's just it's fully unashamedly about like this magical nature and spells and witchcraft and wizardry. And I think it's. I think it's a sequel to the series. Like it's definitely not an origin story. So it's a little bit of a learning curve, but I think it's worth your time and you'll fall in love with this character. If you give it a shot. Yeah, so It's again, again, a little out there, not going to be for everybody, but I kind of wanted to pick that. Like if you really get into this, you can really get into it a lot, you know? Yeah. There's a lot of more to dive into. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like you could just watch the Constantine stuff or, um, it, just, it might want it might encourage you to pick up a comic like it does me yeah. uh, okay so that just leaves us with our marvel pick uh, i have a really strong feeling we'll have the same one but let's see what is what is your if you could tell anybody any marvel animated film that would be that is excellent and would be a really good just pick up if um if you're interested this one's kind of obscure um but I think it's only 20, 25 minutes long. It was a pilot for an X-Men cartoon in the late 80s called X. Oh, wow. We don't have the same thing. Um, wow. Okay. Called X-Men Pride of the, uh, Pride of the X-Men, which, uh, yeah, it's it's a pun because um, Kitty Pride is one of the primary characters in it. Um, Naturally. It's really great. The animation style is awesome. Uh, I'm kind of sad it never got picked up. Um, but they made a video game based off of it, uh, Side Scroller Beat'em Up, called X-Men. Um, I don't remember what the subtext of it was, but it was made by Konami. That's a fantastic video game. Uh, definitely play that. Awesome. Um, but I have to say, so is this was this like episode released like as a special feature on like a DVD or something like yeah, that? Yeah, it was or? a VHS tape. So I think I bought this at Got like it. a grocery store along with like the Fantastic Four cartoon <laughs> from like the seventies. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I picked up a couple of these. This is back in the nineties where like comic books were really popping off. Like they were like. There was comic book stuff everywhere. You can go to the grocery store. They had comic book, you know, cards, comic books, everything. So, um, so yeah, this is about this quite a while ago. Um, yeah, I'd say like a more recent pick, uh, Ultimate Avengers. The movie's pretty pretty good. It's not great, um, but I think the story's really cool. Um, and I like the timeline, the one six one zero timeline that kind of got me into liking Captain America. Um, so yeah, I'd say those are two picks. Nice. I was for sure we would have the same one because there's. To, in my mind, and in I think most of the fans' mind, there's only one good Marvel animated film, and it's Planet Hulk. Um, <laughs> it's it's not a learning curve, especially now that Thor Ragnarok is out. I mean, this is essentially like told from Hulk's story. Hulk's story in Ragnarok was adapted from the Planet Hulk storyline. Um, it tells you all that you need to know. It's It takes place pretty much all entirely on this planet. You get more time with Korg and Meek, although they're not the same characters yeah. than you know, in the Taika Waititi film. Like, Just be aware of that. Uh, but, um, ultimately like planet Hulk is a really good comic and followed up by world war Hulk, which is also a really good comic. Um, just cause it's, it's awesome. <laughs> uh, cause essentially just like, instead of Hulk, like voluntarily leaving the planet because he doesn't know his own strength. Like he doesn't have age in age of Ultron. 
he essentially like messes a bunch of things up. And then the U S government is like, you got to get out of here. And they just send him in a ship and send him away. And then he lands on this planet. And then world war Hulk was a sequel where he just comes back to earth. And he's just like, you guys hate me. So I'm just going to destroy everything. Yeah. Freaking awesome. Um, but, uh, I guess, yeah, I, I haven't seen Hulk versus, I think that one's also pretty, it, it's pretty, it's, it's funny. I put that on my list. I totally forgot planet Hulk. I don't know how I could have, cause that one is one of the top ones as well. Yeah. The versus one. Is well, it, it would be, um, okay. I'll check out the, the versus one. one is okay, but the Wolverine one is really good. Like that one's the second half of that. That's really good. The Wolverine portion. Yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, I know what you're talking about. I haven't seen it obviously, but. It's got Deadpool in it, um, and he's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, it looks like Planet Hulk isn't really like streaming anywhere that I can find, but whatever. I have a Blu-ray of it. It's freaking awesome. And again, now that Ragnarok's really out, it's not a learning curve, and yeah, it's it's the best there is. So that's my pick. I thought for sure you would have that as well. Yeah, I don't. I'm happy. I don't know how I miss that, but yeah, that that one is really good. I can vouch for that for sure. Ten unique picks, and then some other bonus ones. Well, that'll do it. If you have, if you have, if you haven't entered into the foray of animated stuff, or if you've only seen the stuff that we've talked about on the show, there's plenty of good stuff out there. So, and that's just some of what we would recommend to you. Uh, now, other other things that we might want to recommend or warn you away from is uh, this segment called the spinoff. So, Joe, what is that one thing in any year of pop culture that you're just dying to tell people about? Yeah, I had a bunch of things for better or for worse. Uh, I had a bunch of things listed, but I think I'm sort of go with one. Uh, this is a anime anime uh, anime from 1997, uh, feature length called Perfect Blue, uh, directed by Satoshi Kon. Uh, actually, Darren Aronofsky has like drawn a lot of influence. A lot of directors have drawn a lot of influence from Satoshi Kon. Uh, his his okay. work is pretty phenomenal. Uh, I mean, Paprika is very much like in, uh, Inception. It's like scaringly kind of similar. So um, yeah, I'd say check him out. Check out his work. Uh, yeah, it's a fantastic uh, director. Sounds good. Uh, very highly rated on IMDb. Looks like it's on Roku channel. All right. It's pr- pretty dark stuff. <laughs> I would not pick that up based off of the images that I'm seeing so far. Because I'm seeing the Amazon trailer and it's this this K-pop. Or not K-pop. This pop concert. Yeah. concert. Okay. Very dark stuff. Um, speaking of very dark stuff, I went to the movies yesterday and I saw Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. And I loved it. Um, it's one of those movies I left to the theater and I'm like, I think I'm riding on a three and a half out of five. And then between the 20 minutes it took for me to drive from the theaters home, it turned into a four and a half. I, I can't stop thinking about how much I really like this movie. I want to go into why, but it's still a fresh new release um, two or three weeks out. And uh, I don't want to spoil it for anybody listening. Um, but I'm, I'm just dying to talk with somebody about this. So don't be surprised if there's all of a sudden a random bodies, bodies, bodies episode that's you know late uh for for the release so uh we'll we'll just have to see how that unfolds but that's kind of my uh that's i i I so badly want to talk about this movie but i just think the movie is marketed as a kind of like a ready or not kind of like a these this group of teens are playing this game where people die in the game and then except they turn up actually dead that's not in the movie like it is it is but it's not. And it has a lot of a, a lot of cultural um, symbolism in it, and I can't stop picking it apart. So, of course, it's a twenty-four. So it's going to be just more than whatever is advertised. So bodies, bodies, bodies. I'm not a fan of horror, but I really love this movie. Uh, I think it was like I looked at my letterbox ranking, and I have um, Scream at like three, and then the Black Phone at four. Maybe those are switched. 
And then Bodies, Bodies, Bodies at five for my 2020. I'm like, I'm not a horror fan, but three of my top five movies of the year are horror films. So, um, man, I really like Body, Bodies, 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 Bodies. So go check yeah, it this out. Look, this um, looks good. I'm definitely going to watch this. It's awesome, man. And it's when the movie ends and you realize like what's actually going on in the movie and 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 then you like start to think of all the things that happen, all the ways that it's it's a critique of Gen Z. It's 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 by no means you look at the trailer and you're like, it's a celebration of Generation Z. Absolutely not. <laughs> nope. Um, it's man. It's incredible. Um, on that note, that's a wrap. So quick reminder that uh, you can follow guest uh, guest Joe uh, at Instagram at the Star Spangled Avenger uh, underscores between all of that. And then uh, you can also see that in the show description. So you just want to go copy and paste that to Instagram. You can do that. You can also follow me on Twitter or Letterboxd at Schweitcastle. And then a uh, quick reminder to pop out of Zoom as part of the Studio DNA Network. You can check out, check out other great shows at studiodna.media or by searching Studio DNA in your podcast player. And if you uh, want to send us a question to explore during the B-plot, if you want to send us some feedback, we'd really appreciate that. If you're interested in writing for SifPop.com, you can email writersroom at SifPop.com. Any questions about the show, any feedback, any of that, writersroom.sifpop.com as well. Uh, and please, if you're listening on Apple Podcast, would really appreciate some reviews. Um, five star. Um, great if you had a good time. Uh, but be honest with your review. But you had a five star time. Let's be <laughs> honest. Next week, I'll be catching up on some TV with Austin and Jacob. Should be a lot of good stuff for us to talk about. Um, so, yeah, come back next week to, to hear about all things TV. Um, I'm sure there will be some rings of power talk. I'm sure there will be some more She-Hulk talk. Uh, I'm sure there will be some house of the dragon talk. Um, lots, lots of things, um, to talk about and, uh, we, we will talk about them. So <laughs> if not me, somebody, I'm sure somebody is watching rings of power. I, I want to get, I want to, I just, I need to watch return of the King first. Cause I want, I wanted to watch the whole trilogy before rings of power. So I need to rewatch return of the King, but I just need to find five and a half hours now to do that. <laughs> uh, and then next month, as I said, Joe and I will talk about something. Um, we'll figure it out sometime here soon. Um, and so come back next month to hear that. Well, we'll see you next time. Uh, Joe, appreciate your time as always. Uh, it's been a pleasure talking with you and hanging out with you. Yeah, no problem. It's always a good time. Thank you. Yeah. Well, so let's do it next month then. And uh, we'll see you back here for that.